The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. everybody welcome back to another episode of silence your phones your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by sean fritz sean we're about to break some bones today i guess i foobarred my fingers a couple weeks early <laughs> i would have been more on point if i had done it uh when we were watching this movie yeah. documentary i saw something during the saying that though in the documentary there they showed a, a newspaper clip about a girl who had to have her finger her the tips of her finger reattached that sounds healthy for a i don't know water park yeah amusement park this is going to be fun this is different like we said last week we were doing something different this week we were doing a documentary which is a little you know, it's it's not going to be the normal kind of review that we do where we break down characters, plots, sound effects, you, you know, soundtracks. This is different. When you when you get a documentary, um, it's more of I mean, you can break it down, I guess, but it's it's not like there are actors. You know, you can't say, oh, I love this guy's acting in this. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're breaking down content, yes. topics, discussion of a discussion and, and the subject matter presented because a documentary is just. It's about this and, you know, within this there are, yep. you know, happenings and that's, there was a lot of happenings at Action Park. A whole lot of happenings. So much so, uh, it got its own nickname as being one of the most dangerous uh, amusement parks, water parks in the world, uh, most litigious water parks in the world and uh, the title of the movie, Class Action Park. The story of Action Park is a true crime story. As you entered the park, you saw this thing. And you're like, this is real. The engineering behind this, if there was any engineering, was just nuts. Build it higher, make it faster. People control the action. Combine that with liquor and anything goes. There were no rules. For a lot of kids, that was heaven. And if you couldn't swim well, yikes. I don't think you can understand a place like Action Park if you don't understand the kind of minds that build it. A lot of people wish they could ignore rules. Gene actually did that. Nobody would give him insurance, so he created his own insurance company and then insured himself. It did bring sometimes a criminal element. I don't know how many people died at Action Park, but it wasn't just one person. Electrocuted. Decapitated. Fractured vertebrae. Impaled on the bolt. Had a heart attack. Nobody should ever be the second person to die in a wave pool. Close the wave pool. The action never It's um, so we'd seen I'd seen this uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago, right after I got HBO Max. Um, and you said you know you had you had seen it, or and we should we should cover a documentary. So let's just do it. So I watched it again this morning, and and I was not disappointed. I still enjoyed it, but I can't believe I don't like because I was a kid during this time. I thought I mean I was watching MTV. I, I think I would have remembered hearing about a park where. You know, it was so dangerous. It was almost like a rite of passage for for people in the area. Uh, I granted, I grew up in Florida. That's the problem, Chris. You grew up in Florida, where I'm sure that this was more common than in <laughs> suburban New Jersey. So, okay, I always say this though. Like, do you know, like you you can grow up in any part of the country back when we were younger. But it still felt like, even though there was no internet, that information that normally wouldn't get around as easily did get around. So it's weird that I never heard of this place. 
But if things got around, you know, it was like, yeah, man, some guy came down the slide and his head wasn't attached anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it would have been stuff like that, that the, the thing of legend that just grows, like, you know, I it's remember, down the lane. I remember, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but growing up in Florida, I remember always hearing the story about the kid who went on uh, Space Mountain at Disney and decided to stand up at the wrong time and be, was mm-hmm. decapitated. You heard about this? I, I did. I don't remember what I heard, but. But is it like one of those urban legend type things? Because this park feels like it's, it almost feels like urban legend with a lot of the tales, the stories, and just the kind of the mythos that, that surrounded the park. So let's Google it and see what it says. Has anyone ever died on Space Mountain? Ah, there you go. A 10-year-old girl with a heart condition died after riding Space Mountain in 1980. There have been several serious ride accidents, including a Texas tourist who lost his ring finger on Space Mountain in 1998. And that was written in 2000. Wow. So let's, uh, so. Well, it had to be earlier because again, I was a kid when I was hearing this kid lost his head and it was always like, you can't go on Space Mountain. You're going to lose your head kind of a thing. I mean, Rick Flair went on Space Mountain that one time after the Royal Rumble. <laughs> That's I think right. that was a little different, though. That's right. Uh, but this this documentary covers Action Park. So this is I'm, I'm reading this straight off the Wikipedia. Action Park was an amusement and water park located in Vernon, New Jersey, on the grounds of Vernon Valley Great Gorge Ski Resort. The park consisted primarily of water-based attractions and originally opened to the public in 1978 under the ownership of Great American Recreation. The park featured three separate attraction areas, the Alpine Center, Motor World, and Water World. The latter was one of the first modern American water parks, and many of its attractions were unique, attracting thrill-seekers from across the New York metropolitan area. Action Park's popularity went hand-in-hand with a reputation for poorly designed rides, under-trained and underage staff, intoxicated guests and staff, and a consequently poor safety record. At least six people are known to have died as a result of accidents on the rides at the park, and it was given names such as Traction Park, Accident Park, and Class Action Park. Hence the documentary. Um, immediately, what were you going to say? Sorry. Sorry. So the company that, that, that owned it, ran it, Great American uh, Recreation, missed opportunity here. Great, wonderful American Recreation or Guar. Guar. You saw Gar, um, you're like, you're missing the double. I was like, you missed out. <laughs> and uh, which, which would, you know, or there should have been like great um, official recreation uh, and entertainment, which would have been Gore. There you go. And that, that would yeah, have been I mean, more appropriately uh, appropriate title for the, the company itself. Uh, but yeah. yeah, this so this documentary, you know, covers this park the the beginnings of the park the height of its its popularity and then all of the kind of the the dark side of it the the you know all the injuries the kind of lawlessness that was kind of going on some some money laundering i mean this this documentary has it all the story about this amusement park has it all it's 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 perfect so i'm ready to get into this yeah it's it it, it is an hour and a half that you almost can't look away cuz it is I would say I would get venture to say that it is a it is a train wreck. Oh yeah, but it's an it's for some reason it's an enjoyable train wreck. Like the people telling the story, not all of them. Uh, granted, like the mother of the son who died, but the like the workers, they all look back on this with such fondness. Like they all went through war together. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it, it's it, it's of a time. It creates a certain. You know, like in, um, uh, so in high school football, there's a fraternity, you know, I still talk to those guys and I don't even live in that same state and half of them don't live in the same state that we grew up in, Yeah. you know, and, and, you know, so it's, it creates this bond, this fraternity of, did you see that bullshit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go have a party after hours. Yeah. Cause apparently that's what they did, but you know, it's, it's entertaining to say the least. Exactly. So this company Gar. Uh, without the W, was owned by Eugene Mulville. So this guy was, uh, originally he was a Wall Street guy, uh, and he got busted for selling penny stocks, basically useless stocks to companies that were bankrupt, to people who were unwittingly, you know, just ready to throw money at anybody saying, hey, check out this stock. Uh, he got busted by doing that and decided he was going to move on and look into doing something else. And his company was very interested in purchasing this Vernon Valley Great Gorge ski area. So they went ahead and purchased it, 
And well, they they had to lease it from the state for yes, a while because yes. it was a state park. That's right. And and they did that under like several conditions, and eventually he didn't. You know, eventually I'll skip ahead. Eventually he stopped doing those conditions and then became an awful tenant. Oh yeah, an awful tenant. Yeah, yeah. And then they just said, "All right, f it. We'll just sell it to you for dirt cheap." Exactly. And then, so that's what he does. He leases this area because he thinks to himself, let's create, because there was already, there was already an Alpine slide there. There was a couple of ski trails, um, but he thought, you know, we, if we could maximize this and use it year round, not just during ski season, you know, we could, we could make some good money out here. So with all of this land and all of that nature, he decided he was going to create this ultimate kind of, you know, uh, rules free, uh, adrenaline fueled theme park water park and an action park is born in 1980 um well it's completed by 1980 because by mo that's when motor world was was put in but yeah this park is split into three sections right like i said before alpine center uh motor world and water world it's the so but they were split up by a highway <laughs> like what the a hell, highway, man? Hold on, a highway in a beer fest tent, a giant well, like. Well, and the beer fest tent, you know, when they say, "Oh yeah," and there was a beer fest tent, and immediately I, you watched this with me, and I, I turned to her and I said, "I'll bet that that's where the beer is." And then the next sentence out of the narrator's mouth was, "Yeah, the cars were right next to the beer fest tent yep. and the bar." I'm like, "Oh geez, yep. this is." awful and like what what park has a beer tent by the way not just a beer tent bro he also so uh eugene also made sure to he went over to germany to uh, an actual brewery and had the entire thing broken down shipped over and set up there so it was authentic that's that's that reminds me of the story of the guy who said i want this bridge from london uh, he said, I want London Bridge moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. And like the whole thing intact. And it turns out he was calling London Bridge. Um, this bridge was called London Bridge, but he was referring to a different bridge. And I don't remember what that was. <laughs> I mean, it's in your history book somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, it's you know what you're talking about. This guy had money, though. This Eugene, well, when we find out later, you know, that there was a lot more to where he was getting money from. And, and he had he had this guy that basically a business partner who uh, would later on, you know, get busted for, for fraudulent bank bankruptcy and money laundering and all kinds of craziness. Um, but Mulville himself, he just, he wanted to create this, this thing in this town. Um, he knew a lot of people in town. Apparently he, he owned a lot of different restaurants and stores. And so he employed a bunch of the people in the town. You know who this is kind of sounding like, right? Do tell. Roadhouse, Roadhouse, son, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. He's the guy that just owns the entire town, and there's 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 people who don't like this. The, the, a lot of the the townies did not like the fact that they were having seeing more traffic coming from New York City in this small town. Uh, to them, it was a small town. Uh, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, now that there's this big attraction that all these teens and and twenty somethings are coming to, getting wasted, and it's it became kind of a headache for the town, but when you watch this documentary and you listen to the people telling the story uh, again, more often than not, it's with this nostalgic kind of fondness. So just real quick, it's not that there's a cast, but these are some of the main people who um, are on the documentary. So it's narrated by John Hodgman. You know, who John Hodgman is, yeah. Mm -hmm. He narrates the, 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 the film uh, comedian. Chris Gethard is a big commentator on this. Uh, which he cracks me up, dude. Like hearing his stories, he talks about being that kid who was like kind of nervous to do certain things, and his parents didn't want him to do certain things, but he still wanted to go and try other things out there. You know what I mean? Like he was he was living on the edge at that age. I actually got to see uh, Chris Gethard in 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 in. in, in I got to see him do stand up. Uh, he was opening for Tom Segura uh, probably about three years ago, and uh, he was he was quite entertaining. Nice. Uh, yeah, I listened to his uh, one of his podcasts. In, I forgot the name. Oh, it's um, beautiful stories from an anonymous people. It was it's a really cool podcast. Anyway, uh, also Allison Becker. So she, if, if you ever watch Parks and Recreation, no, but I did recognize her. Yeah, that's what she's from. And so there, I get. And, and there's a number of other people that they they interview. There's a bunch of you know past workers. Now they're older, obviously, but these were kids when they were like. 
14, 15 working at this place. There's um they interview a couple of other uh, the son of Mulville because uh, Eugene's mm-hmm. past since passed, but they they interview the son as part of this. Um, it's uh, those were archived, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those it was from, pre-recorded, yeah. Uh, but they used interviews from that as well. But yeah, dude, this this documentary just goes it just dives into this is what it was like. This was like the who gave a shit eighties. They even talked about uh, one of the guys was talking about how this was an era when parents really didn't care where their kids were. Like you could just yeah, the neighborhood parented the children. Right. You you just kind of went out and into the world with your friends. You wanted to go hang out with your friends. You didn't text. You didn't, you know, get online. You literally called over and said, Hey, I'm coming over. And you got on your bike and you rode over there. And then he made a comment like, you know, whatever afternoon, you know, whosoever house you were at by noon, that's who served you lunch. That's just how it went. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it was like when we were growing up. So j- like just the idea of that and seeing this, it just really did bring me back to that kind of carefree thing of, of being a kid. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, it was the, the neighborhood raised everybody's kids. Yep. And, and like I said, so being in that mentality, it's like, I can't believe I never heard of this place because this sounds like for a kid, this place sounds like, like Mecca, like this is the place to go. Um, and that's what these, these, the, when you listen to the interviews, that's what they talk about. You know, they talk about the different rides and, and the injuries that were sustained because that's what, at first, you know, you hear about how things are built and, and put together. Um, but what, what comes through the most is like injuries, injuries, danger. Uh, no, no sane human should have ever been on this thing. You know what I mean? Well, and the cavalier attitude towards all of those things, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, we're going to bring in this company to build this design and build this, you know, water slide structure or this, we're going to use these cheaper materials to build this, you know, this, uh, this dry, uh, car structure the be- track the beauty was they weren't and even bringing companies in dude they were talking about that these are engineers that were like the fringe guys that had too many crazy ideas that like disney world and bush gardens and sea world said no we're not going to use you. you you guys are a little too off and they went straight to eugene was like look we'll build this for you and so they'd give him thing you know designs and as they're in the middle of construction eugene decides he's going to tinker with the, the design himself and make things a little faster a little bit more dangerous a little bit more intense Okay, here's an analogy for you, and I think you'll get this completely. So Gene, and I can't remember the guy's name. He was the operations director mm-hmm. um, that was there. So Gene is like Vince Russo. Yes. And the other guy is like Vince McMahon. Yes, basically. And the roles are reversed from the Attitude Era. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you go to different amusement parks now, like down here in Charlotte, just north of Charlotte, there's a place called Carowinds. And in in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, which I used to go to uh, Hershey Park as a kid all the time, um, I, I know, when I was at Carowinds last, probably seven years ago by now, uh, I noticed that they had a, uh, it was NASCAR named because... You know, NASCAR is big in the South, especially in Charlotte. Uh, but they had a, and I don't remember what it was called, but they had a roller coaster there that was the exact same one that was in Hershey Park uh, when I was there, probably 10 years before that. Mm-hmm. So, so there, the, a lot of these companies make it and then they just paint it or theme it, yeah. you know, you know, with the, the in out entryway and the, the line area with whatever the park's theme is. Yeah. And no, not the case here. Let's make a loop-de-loop water slide yeah. or, a, you know, a concrete uh, paved, you know, roller racer, uh, uh, you know, car on, you know, mini car downhill slalom. Yeah. Dude, that's the thing. I, like, I don't remember seeing that anywhere. The, all of the, a lot of these rides were designed by people who were not engineers and didn't design. Like, the, so for the loop, right, that the big, can, think. The big cannonball water slide, that loop thing, the big one, um, that was just Mulville, you know, drawing a circle on a napkin, saying we sh- this should be a water slide. That's exactly how they planned it. Yeah, and that was the last bit of planning that went into it. Cannonball loop, it's called. It was super infamous. So when you see this, immediately when I saw this in the documentary the first time around, and it shows it on screen, I just thought to myself, "There's no way that's a thing." Like, no, that, like, I can tell you, I, I'm not even a physics major, and I can tell you, there's not enough force to safely push somebody around that loop 
Uh, and I was right when you hear all the stuff that happened out of it. Oh my goodness. Like when they said, yeah, we had to put a pad in because people would come out with bloody face, bloody mouths yeah. and some missing teeth. I'm like, what? Right. And like, I wouldn't have even guessed that. And then was a thing. And then because it, a loop de loop roller, uh, uh, roller coaster is, but a loop in a water slide is not right. Because if you think about it, right, if you, if you look at the loop itself and they're laying down, so by the time they're swinging up and their legs are in the air and they're coming back down, gravity's pulling them and their face is going to smash right into the, you know, the, 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 the bottom of the tube of that, that top part of the loop. And you're right. You know, they're coming down missing teeth and bloodied faces and dislocated jaws. And so they put this pad in there and then people start coming down with scrapes and, and, you know, gashes all over their face and arms and legs. And they go in to see what the hell's going on. And they realize it was the teeth left over from the people that would keep, you know, gnashing into that, that padding. The teeth were getting stuck in there. That's wild. That is just, it blows my mind. But at the, at, during the beginning of this thing, right, they're constructing it. It's, it's created. They tell the story, the workers are telling the story that they first throw down these like d- dummies, right, to see what happens. And when the dummies come out the other end, they're like dismembered. Arms are off. Heads are popped off. Set it on fire. <laughs> so they're like, eh, you know what? Let's, let's make a little bit of adjustments. They make the adjustments. The dummies come out better. Now it's like, all right, well, uh, we got to test it on people. So Eugene starts looking at these kids, these 14 and 15 year old kids that work for him. It's like you get a hundred dollar bill if you go down there and they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's the worst I that don't can know happen, about right? you, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. That, that's a hard pass. Yeah. I mean, although at the time when you're, you know, 14, 15 years old, maybe because, you know, at that time you're invincible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's. Just, I, wow, man. there's a yeah, there's a there's a quote here from one of them that says that the hundred dollars did not buy enough booze to drown drown out the memory, just the terrifying <laughs> memory of looking into that black hole and then just dropping yourself into it. No thanks. Well, and, how, and how crazy is that? You know that oh, I'm gonna go down. You know, it, normally it's like one, two, three, go, one, two, three, go. They're like, yeah, just go. I mean, with <laughs> with the rapids and everything else too. But like, usually you can see at least you know how they're. There are like eight foot long tubes that are connected. Yeah. Uh, Usually you can see because it's, I don't know, like a light color. And I think it was painted a dark green. And you just couldn't see your hand in front of your face, even at the very top when you were still outside. Yeah, that's that's intense. There's a lot of things that so a lot of the rides, aside from the Alpine one, where the very first death was actually the Alpine slide. So that's the one you were referring to. So it's this basically this this track that's uh, uh, looks more like a, a chute, right? Like what do you call them? Those, those sl- not the bobsled chutes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, looks like yeah. a bobsled slide. It's called an alpine slide made of fiberglass and concrete. Um, it was two thousand seven hundred feet long, foot long, and you had to sit on this little cart that had a uh, a control stick. So if you pushed forward, um. It just went. There was like you're you're basically letting gravity pull you, and then if you pulled back on it, it was supposed to break. And there are certain points during this this kind of descent. Uh, if you, you have to pay attention, there's the little signs that say slow down, and that's where you're supposed to apply your brakes because the the slide itself isn't built for safety. The slide itself is built for sliding down that way, so you have to brake. If not, you're flying off of it. Um, and they and the brakes were and you know and the cars were broken half the time. Yes, that's the, one of the. There was two things to this, right? So the first thing was is to get to the top of the slide, you had to ride the ski lifts. So they'd get on the ski lifts and they'd get up there. And on the ski lifts, they had these little hooks that you would hang your slide on, uh, so you'd have it with you when you got up there. You had your own slide. Um, there'd be some asshole kids that thought it was funny to just knock theirs off while they were above you know, the other ones coming down the track and seeing if they can hit people coming down the track. So that started to damage a lot of these slides. And then, yeah, you know, because this, this is a 15 year old kids work in the place or in 14 year old kids, they're not like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them this is broken because it's going to give me more time to work and be here fixing it. So they're not going to say a thing. And so some of these breaks didn't work. So you'd see these kids just go flying right off the, the track over and over. There's video online that people brought their own like little camcorders with them as they were going down and they're just tumbling right off the thing, just laughing their asses off. Um, 
But yeah, dude, in in 19, I think it was what, 1982 was the first fatality. 1982 uh, was when 19-year-old George Larson Jr. Um, was thrown from the slide and ended up hitting his head on a, a rock. He he was in a, a coma for a few days and then died after that. So in this in this documentary, we just we talk about all these different kinds of injuries and deaths. But for this one, the first ever, they actually have his mother on here talking about you know the experience of oh and the brother uh, talking about the experience mm-hmm. of what it was like. But yeah, man, it, it was like they didn't care. It, they there was a sign, and to them it was look. There's a sign that says to slow down. You know what I mean? Well, and even more so, like, there's no insurance company, which is legally required. That's the best part. <laughs> That's the best part, dude. They say, all right, you need a, you need an insurance company. So Eugene looks for an insurance company, and no, one, no one's going to insure him. None of these things have been tested. None of them have been designed by engineers. The safety committees haven't come in to do what they needed to do. Nobody was going to insure him. So what does he do? He makes a fake insurance company <laughs> off, you know, out uh, offshore. Cayman Islands, bro. Yeah. So he he fakes that he creates a fake company and then says that that's who's insuring him, and he gets away with it for a couple for like a year or two. But then after you know more injuries and a lot of these things kept happening, uh, the government started saying, "All right, let's what's going on? Something's going on with these people." But you know, people yeah, are still going least. in droves. There's a scene in there where uh, MTV's Headbangers Ball host Ricky Rackman's there with uh, members of Alice in Chains back in the 90s uh, doing a whole yep. segment where they spend the day out at Action Park. So it's like, yes, people are, are getting hurt and uh, a lot of people are dying. Uh, well, it, I don't, I, it is a lot, right? But it's it's six. I think six in total died. But a, I mean, a, a plethora of people. You're talking head injuries dislocated shoulders, dislocated arms, uh, broken hands, broken fingers, broken r- wrists, broken arms. You know what I mean? All of these different things. And people keep going, dude. People keep going. It's one of those things, I think, where, you know, you hear about the legend of this place and then you hear about all the things that happen around this place. And it becomes one of those things where like, I, I have to go. I have to go because, I mean, it, it just sounds absolutely chaotic yeah i mean it, it appeared to be there was uh there was the tidal wave pool which was poorly designed they didn't realize they shouldn't have made it as deep as they did um and the amount or of dark. again the amount of people in there you know just and and then i guess they were saying that these waves would get up to like 40 inches high just going nuts you know blasting kids and knocking them over i think this is so the tidal wave pool was where the second um fatality uh, occurred was there it is uh, it was a 15 year old boy drowned in there yeah i mean when they say they had to stop the pool periodically because, uh, the waves in the pool just to check for people on the bottom like that pool was huge yeah I mean, it's just way too big to be, I mean, I'd lose my shit just being around that pool. It's gigantic. It's it's just cr- like when you watch this, the more and more you watch it, the more and more they just ki- ki- keep unfolding the different rides they had and the things they'd show you. Because there's a lot of footage from back in the 80s and 90s that they use in this film of the park in its glory days. But you're watching things go down and you're like, how does this like, like who in their right mind upon seeing it for the first time, even then thought that's a good idea. And my first thought was when uh, I thought that way, like I was like, how is this even happening? Was the, um, was the cliff diving. So there's an area like this grotto where a lot of people are swimming and kind of chilling out underneath, but above them is a cliff that people are jumping off of and, and uh, you know, diving into the water. And so you can see it while you're watching this documentary, like two or three super close calls where people are just kind of swimming along and this dude just jumps off the top and just comes 20 feet down and splashes no less than like five inches from where that person is. Like you could literally kill people like that. Well, it's, it's not just a, you know, um, a, it's not just a wall, like a pool or a lake of water mm-hmm. or a, you know, a, a man-made thing. It's a spring fed, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, you know, holding area or whatever you want to, I don't know what the technical term is. And so therefore it's going to be cold as hell. And, you know, like you mentioned before, the fact that there were no, you know, there were children running, telling children what to do. Uh, so what are kids going to do? Either not pay attention. Uh, pay, uh, children patrons are not going to listen. And where, where's the enforcement? 
Exactly. It's 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 that's what they're saying too. Where's the enforcement? So these kids, you're talking 14, 15, 16 year old kids, are supposed to be lifeguards. And uh, during this documentary, you know, Chris Gethard talks about like they're just standing around swinging their their whistles and talking to each other. And a kid comes up and they just go go, and they just keep talking to each other. Another kid comes up go keep talking to each other. There's things like, and but uh, they would say also, you know, listen, a lot of these injuries aren't because of us. It's because nobody's listening to us. So they would say like places like the diving cliffs, right? They would tell them if you're going to jump off, you have to keep your arms crossed. Uh, you know what I, you know? And so a lot of people would jump off with their arms out. And this is one story where he talks about the guy did that slapped the water so hard when he came back up, uh, his shoulder had been dislocated because the the force of the water just yanked his arm up, you know, and it was and again, that's what they're saying. This is this is your fault. This isn't our fault. Sure, it's dangerous. But if you do it the right way, you wouldn't get hurt. Sounds like my dad. <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. There was the the one thing they were talking about was that um, this is a water park. So I've gone to water parks when I was a kid. I also know I'm not a good swimmer at all. So I never put myself in any of the, you know, situations where the water would be above my head. I didn't really do the, the wave pools. You know, I didn't, I did certain things where I knew if I stood up, the water was like at my knees or my ankles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, here, it was like kids just forgot or were just like, it can't be that bad because it's a, a theme park. So like, let me dive off. They were a clip. unsupervised. Let me get. Let me dive off a clip, and oh, 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 crap! It's it's super deep. So there were kids that were constantly being pulled out of the water because they couldn't swim so much so that they started putting on their name their their little wrist bat, uh, wrist tags. They would write CFS for can't fucking swim, and that meant like if you were mm-hmm. if you were a lifeguard and you saw this kid coming to your line and they had that on and you kn- knew this wasn't a place for them to be, you'd be like, yeah, no, get out of here. You're not doing this. Well, at least they had a system for that. I mean, it seems like everything else was kind of devil may cry attitude. Yeah, they did. They had a Tarzan swing where just people swung right off and flipped, flipped and jumped into into the springs. I mean, they just had all kinds of things where typically, you know, nowadays you would look at this nowadays and be like, no way. They'd close all of that stuff down. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, and, you know, they had they had a thing where Reagan was they talked about like Reagan and, and um, regulating things. And, you know, obviously some some of that stuff has come and gone. But obviously safety kind of should be regulated by a standard because, you know, the at the time there was like, oh, yeah, you got to report something if it's a very vague, if it falls into a very vague, you know, you get to make the interpretation category. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. It's not vague when there are certain things, even in the 80s, that were just common sense. Like we talked about a little bit ago was the beer tent, right? So the beer tent is literally a a, a footbridge away from motor world where, you know, parents and adults who were just drinking most of the afternoon could go and jump on super go-karts which on this documentary they they look like little uh formula 1 race cars and they talked about how they could override the the speed regulators so instead of going 20 miles an hour they can get them up to 60 miles an hour which is great after you've had a few drinks <laughs> exactly. like like first of all what what amusement park have you been to that has alcohol uh disney has it don't they have the beer tent at disney disney world yeah of uh, I don't know. I haven't like an Oktoberfest area. I mean, I know they do. They do, but I don't know any that do that allow you to operate, you know, vehicles, anything vehicles in any sort of way. I mean, you may have them, but you're sitting in everything or on rides. Yeah, there's I don't know off the top of my head where you can do this. Um, It's funny, though. They were talking about how, like, the employees would uh, after hours take these vehicles on that highway that that tore straight through the middle of the thing and just 60 miles an hour riding these little these little go-karts down the down the highway yeah i mean it it was almost like yeah i've done it what are you gonna do about it what are you a cop they said um also that there was that because these things were so maintained everybody you'd be driving on these carts and after a while like you'd get lightheaded and have to go off because you couldn't breathe the fumes from the from the gasoline coming off of these engines was so intense. Can you imagine having drink after drink and then riding like a, you know, a madman around these carts and then having to breathe in gas? Yeah, that, that, 
Doesn't sound like a winning combination. No. Over in Motor World, they also had the battle action tanks, dude. Remember this? <laughs> those things were kind of... I mean, I remember those being on the, like, uh, remote controlled. Yeah. Not... You get to sit no, in you it. You get to sit in these, these uh, you know, they built them themselves, uh, these little tanks, shooting tennis balls at other tanks. And you're protected. Like, you're sitting in this thing. You're protected by pe- plexiglass and... and and um, I think it's like a chain link. I don't think that was the something. thing there. I don't. I think it was just a. I think yeah, was it I just think a this cage? Was like American Gladiators. Yeah. Okay. I thought that. This I thought is I saw American Plex- Gladiators stuff. I thought I saw plexiglass. You know. Like, but they, they told a story that this one dude decided to start <laughs> soaking the tennis balls in gasoline and lighting them on fire as he shot them at the other tanks. Yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense, doesn't it? Or or did they catch fire from? The combustion out of the the turret. Right? I don't know, man. But it again, this just sounds like the craziest of Wild West style. Just well, and and he soaked them in gasoline because he found open, yeah. available, yeah. accessible <laughs> gasoline containers just sitting off to the like, side, like it's not a big deal. This is why you don't have kids running, you know, things that you know safety things. No offense, I was a kid once, but because I was a kid once, I know that that's a thing. That uh. Uh-uh. You should not have children running this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that stuck out was the super speed boats. So they said, you know, these normally you go to these water park rides, they have bumper boats, but these were, and they, and this is the quote, this is quoted from the film. These were Miami vice style, mini speed boats. And the, the people riding them treated them like bumper boats when they really should have. So they'd be like smashing into each other, knocking, knocking each other over, you know, just speeding around at 40 miles an hour in the, in the water. There was one time where I guess the one guy came up to, you know, where you kind of drop off your boat and someone came up from behind him so fast. He literally came up and on top, brought the boat on top of the guy. And the girl that's uh, part of in the interview, one of the staff talks about how she was terrified that this dude was going to get, you know, get his hair and, and head pulled back into the propeller because the guy on top was still hitting the gas like he was trying to get it going. Yeah, like that's just a complete lack of concern for anybody else. And just then he just gets up and walks away while the boat is still on top of that guy. Just. Not caring whatsoever. And it's just, that's that was basically, that's kind of like, so like I said, a lot of these people speak about this thing with like this kind of nostalgic, you know, reverence. But in reality, like it's, it's jaw dropping that this thing was open longer than a year. Agreed. Like the, the or, you know, after the first injury. Yeah. Yeah, not just the first injury, but all of it, right? Like the the deaths even, like even after the first couple of deaths, yes, you're going to have something like that. But when you have something like that at a place that's typically safe overall, it's an accident. This place isn't safe at all. So it's kind of like an expectation. It, I mean, yeah, it should be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure that was like the, hey, I wonder what's going to happen this year. Like they said all the kids hated working there. Mm-hmm. But they did it anyway. I wonder if it was just to see how, you know, how many people would hurt themselves or or how many injuries, you know, what what the hell is going to happen this year? Yeah, they, it's like if FOMO was a thing before FOMO was a thing. Yeah, they they hated working there because they hated having to deal with rude people, drunk people, uh, breaking up fights, dealing with kids that couldn't swim. Uh, they loved it in terms of the camaraderie. The fact that, you know, they had a shack that they all went and hit out and smoked weed and had sex in. And they'd have these like these legendary after hours or after season parties. You know what I mean? Like it became one of these things where uh, one of I think it was Gethard was talking about it. He's walking through um, you you walk through your halls in high school and you you see your friends and they say, well, what'd you do this past summer? And they say, you know. Uh, we went and explored a, 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 you know, an abandoned, insane mental institution and this and that. What'd you do? Oh, I went to see Aunt So-and-so. But like it, those were the kind of tales. So when you talked about, oh, I worked at you know, Action Park or I, can't, I was at Action Park, it's, it's almost like this, whoa, you, know, you had quite the experience. So yeah, they it's hated... Like you were the stuff of legend. Yeah, they hated dealing with the people and they hated parts of the job. But the, the way they these these like old workers on this documentary, it's like they love it. It's it's this part of their 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 youth and their childhood that makes them who they are today. And that's like you said, right? You, it's like going through the battles together. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
I don't know. It's it's a strange it's a strange thing. This is a strange phenomenon, obviously, and uh, I, I hate to use the term lightning in a bottle, but it's I, I think it's of a time and will never ever happen again. Oh, uh, at least to the degree that this this documentary shows that it did. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, on Chris Gethard, he's he writes for Weird New Jersey as well. He wrote this. This is what he said specifically about it. He says Action Park was a true rite of passage for any New Jerseyan of my generation. When I get to talking about it with other Jerseyans, we share stories as if we were veterans. Here we go. As if we are veterans who served in combat together. I suspect that many of us may have come close to death on uh, some of those rides up in Vernon Valley. I consider it a true shame that the future generations will never know the terror of proving their grit at New Jersey's most dangerous amusement park. Can you imagine that too, knowing as a kid that this is like... It, it's considered the most dangerous and you're terrified, but your parents want to go. So they're bringing the family. You know what I mean? Well, I think too, that uh, this generation will want a trophy for going and surviving. A day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there has to be something you get at the end of the day. Whereas before it was just about having that kind of, you know, that air of, of, of legend about you. Yeah, you do. You get your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like we said, you know, it was six for sure that were known to have died there. Um, not to bring it down, but I'm going to go ahead and list all these off here real quick. July 8th, 1980 was 19-year-old George Larson when he was thrown from the Alpine slide. July 24th was the 15-year-old boy that drowned in the di- tidal pool, uh, 1982. August 1st, 1982, this is one that was on. Uh, they were talking about on the documentary as well. A 27-year-old man from all. Long Island tipped uh, got tipped out of his kayak, and as he was trying to climb back into it, there was some sort of short, short circuit in one of the wires uh, in the water, and he literally electrocuted and and died of cardiac arrest. Um, in 1984, the date was unknown. There was also a, a fatal heart attack suffered by a visitor uh, pl- believed to be uh, triggered by the shock of the cold water beneath uh, the Tarzan swing, and that's one of the things they said is that you'd do the Tarzan swing and you wouldn't realize how cold the water really was. And it was like 50 degrees. Um, whereas throughout the other parts of the area in, in the park, it was a, a nice like 80 degrees. But underneath this like shaded, cooled area where you're swinging off, it was 50. So a lot of people would um, forget. It, it would shock them so much. Sometimes they'd forget how to swim. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a real thing. I would I wouldn't know because again I don't go swimming so I don't really jump into anywhere that's where I feel like oh crap I don't know what I'm doing you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I mean it's I think that was the the logic that James Cameron used in the long run for um, when Jack didn't get on the door with Rose because uh, he would have weighed her down. It was already shocking. The, the, the shock was already setting in. Yeah, I mean the cold water your body it, it regulates itself at around ninety seven ninety eight degrees. Yeah. And, you know, when you go into something that is that that encompasses your entire body and it's half of that, your body's like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, thanks, dude. I'm not trying to figure it. Feel that that Uh, last two deaths were in 84 and 87. Both of them at the tidal wave pool, Uh, one a 20 year old, the other an 18 year old. Um, it's just, it's, it's sad when you think about that and it's crazy to think that it was allowed to continue to go on. But again, you kind of, you kind of see where people who this, it made quite an impact on people's like, uh, development, man. In, in those, those years where you're really kind of solidifying who you are in, in the world and society, who you are to yourself. So many Gen Xers saw this area as like the rite of passage. Mm-hmm. There's, Their parents wanted nothing to do with it, but if somebody else's parents took them, I guess that was okay, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, T- MTV's Headbangers Ball filmed an episode there. Uh, there's a, one of those memes that goes around that says, you know, if you're from New Jersey, when? And there's a list of things. Well, on that list is you've been seriously injured at Action Park. Uh, let's see what else that was going. Oh, uh, we talked about this before as well. So it, it influenced Johnny Knoxville to make the movie, um, action point, which basically is like a loose version of action park. Uh, but I think it gave them the, him and the jackass boys a reason to do something where they could just kind of put themselves through near death experiences because all the stunts in this film are done by them as well. It's, it's basically a jackass film. Yeah. And you know, who was one of the writers on that movie? Who's that? Mike Judge. Oh, beautiful. See, we got to do that. We're going to have to do that for uh, for an episode of Silence Your Phones. 
Uh, but yeah, dude, this class action park documentary for me, it's aces, man. I'm. Uh, you want to just go into our review, our rating of it? Yeah. Alrighty, what you got? So, I mean, th- this movie has a lot of, you know, what the hell moments. It's got, you know, a whole bunch of everything. It- it's one of those where you're like, oh, I'll watch this documentary. And I'm not a huge documentary person unless it's uh, a subject matter that I'm really interested mm-hmm. in. Uh, and with this one, I was just, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll watch this. And, and you know, I, I wanted to because I grew up in that general area, not in New Jersey, thankfully, but, you know, in the tri-state area of Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and uh, Maryland falls into that tri-state region. And and it's just, you know, I didn't get to do this kind of crazy stuff as a kid. So, like, watching the videos and, and hearing the stories and, and the, from the people that, that lived through them, uh, you know, it's just like, well, all right. Isn't this an interesting concept? We had a little pithy water park next to, you know, across the street from my parents' house, and it had a mini golf uh, course attached to it. And the coolest part about this mini golf course was one of the holes you would hit it, and it would go out across a bridge, and then it would the bridge would turn into like a like a loop de loop type thing, but it would spiral downwards. Mm-hmm. That was about as much of a loop de loop as we got <laughs> uh, with that water park. And, um, you know, so it, you know, it really, it, you were, it was an exciting hour and a half ish, um, because you got to experience through these other people, through their descriptions and through some archive footage, uh, as well as just hearing the, the background and the details, which is my favorite thing. Um, you know, in, in terms of grading this, it, it's a little harder because, you know, there's no CG, although a lot of this should have been CG and not real. <laughs> right. Good Lord. Um, you know, the, the production elements in between those, um, those, uh, animated bumpers that they yeah. had, uh, for some of the things, because obviously there wasn't any footage. Um, you know, the soundtrack, I don't know that there was really a whole lot, you know, just looking at our, our standard list of things to look at. Um, this is one of those things I did consider watching it again today. I, I watched it actually last week uh, for the first time, um, but I knew about Action Park and I knew that this was going to be a thing. Uh, and I think this is our newest thing that we've done because it's only about a month old by now. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to rate this because I will watch this again one of these days and, and it may lose a little bit of its luster. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go 4.35 out of 5 lethal water slides on this one. Very, very nice. Yeah, dude, this is this is a very enjoyable kind of time capsule. You can see an era of kind of carefreeness as well, right? Because there was a carefreeness to the 80s and 90s, like I said, when you could ride your bike in a neighborhood and your parents weren't too worried because they knew there were other parents that were watching out. Um, it, 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 but then again, it, it, it has this this documentary has it all. It has our youth. It has this kind of uh, element of danger. We didn't even get into stuff like the fact that Eugene Mulville uh, had possible mob ties. Remember that? Like later on, he talks about like mm-hmm. because he owned so many things around the, the the town and he had a lot of politicians in his pocket. And uh, when you alluded to the fact that, look, it was time for him, they said, look, all of these things you need to close down. Uh, it's part on properly uh, the property of the of the state. You you owe us. Uh, he just said, no, I'm not going to pay anything. You just stop paying bills. Stop. Who does that? Who does that without somebody coming and putting chains and a lock on your establishment? And that just didn't happen. Uh, matter of fact, the, the government decided to say, you know what? All right. How about we just sell it to you? Like that just doesn't happen. Um, so there's so much to there's so much that we didn't even touch on. But the part that just gets me is that kind of carefree thing. And, and these adults that are looking back at their youth and we all can do it. There are so many times in my life I look back at going, holy crap, I'm lucky I'm not dead. I'm lucky I'm not in prison. Like, it's just crazy. Some of the things we did, the decisions we made growing up. Um, yeah. So this for me, it was super enjoyable. Production was, it was really well done. Um, cause I hate documentaries that, you know, are, are clunky or look like they were made, you know, I don't know, in a basement somewhere. It does. It does think this was very well done the, you know, overall the package was great. So I, 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 uh, yeah, I'm going with you there. I'm going to actually, I think I'm going to put mine at 4.25, uh, lethal water slides extremely enjoyable documentary i would highly suggest you guys check it out if you have hbo max if you don't 
get the seven week tri- the seven day trial just for free to check out some of these uh shows and documentaries you were talking about. But yeah, for me, four point two five lethal water slides. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I think we've said most of everything without tipping our hand on some of the like the twists and turns and swerves that weren't in the water slides, but actually in the, the story. Yeah. And you know, it's just you know, there, there's people we haven't even talked about that were in the story, uh, or in the in the documentary, mm-hmm. and it's just it is just an, an interesting, you know, couple of years. It, we didn't even mention that the park was purchased after, you know, eventually he closed it down mm-hmm. or it had to close down, and then the park was purchased, and then it was repurchased by his son by George Mul- uh, Gene Mulvihill's son, mm-hmm. and then and the name change and the name change back and it, you know it's just this constant flux some guy that used to work there bought it and it's guess what in bankruptcy again Ooh. so it yeah it's uh it's an interesting uh it's it's just an interesting of a time story yeah. that you know it's 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 definitely something to watch i mean it's got 96% on rotten tomatoes and you know, I think that speaks volumes yeah. um, on top of everything else. But yeah, if you ever went to a, a fun park, a water park, uh, then, you know, this is definitely something to watch. For sure. It was super, super enjoyable. So check it out, guys. Um, next week, next week, we're coming into October. We're coming into the spooky season. So we're going to be doing a month long of creepy, spooky, horrific movies. The first one on deck is going to be George Romero's classic Night of the Living Dead. Well, you used to really be scared here. Johnny! You're still afraid. Stop it now, I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Johnny. And you said you've not seen this. I've never seen this one. I, I've meant to. I remember, but I've, I've watched have. this since I was a kid, since I was real young, dude. I was, I've been a fan of this film ever since i was a kid so i've already tipped my hand on what on my thoughts on the film but i gotta be honest i haven't seen it probably in two three years now so it'll be nice to kind of come back to it again and watch it with more of a review kind of eye in mind yeah it's always different you know different glasses that we put on to see if we like them if, if we would recommend a movie that we thought we liked. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, anyway, thanks so much for listening everybody. We appreciate your support. Uh, Sean, you have anything to say before we head out? Mask up, stay safe. Boom. I'm talking to you, Florida. You got that. You got that. And as always, folks, it's now time to unsilence your phones. Thank you.